Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry, and with me this week in place of the Birdman himself is two regular people who you might know from a little YouTube channel called It's Bourbon Night, and it's Chad and Sarah. Hi, guys. Hello. Caca. How was it that? It was very hard for me to not laugh at two regular How people. How is that for an intro? <laughs> I've never felt more disappointing. Here are two unexceptional. I just normal I just found humans. these two Joe Schmoes on the street and decided to bring them on. Oh. No, you guys are special. You know that. Thanks. <laughs> we're no we're no swan. But. No, we have no plumage. I heard something else, but I'm going to move on. I know what you said. <laughs> oh. I know what you said, but uh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. we'll just leave that. Yeah, one. it's for for the best. Anyway, it's for the <laughs> it is for the birds. Indeed it is. So uh, this is our second to last episode of the the year, which is wild. Uh, it's I'm happy to leave 2020 behind. Um, but like I said, we'll have one more episode coming out uh, next week. But I'm happy to get into this one. If you're a first-time listener to the show and you have not yet subscribed, please do so. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can also leave us a five-star rating and review in whatever podcatcher app you are using. Normally, we start the show out with uh, Flying Blind, but because Chad, Sarah, and I are not in the same location, we don't have Flying Blind. <clears throat> Excuse me, as my voice cracks. Uh, but I had, an, I, had, I had an idea, because this would be our... I have, I have one, some of those every now and then. Uh, <laughs> this is a first that I'm he- hearing about it. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Caught me off guard. I'm like... We had, we had another bourbon on the table that was higher proof than what we were going to review. Mm-hmm. Why don't we review the lower proof one up top and then get into some of the news? I like it. Yeah? Cool. Yeah. Let's do it. So, uh, we are going to be reviewing today Bardstown Bourbon Company Fusion Series 3, uh, which you guys drank a little bit on your live stream last night. And you had, Feels like a million years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you had uh, very glowing remarks, I would say, about it. I do like what they do. Yeah, I, it's, I'm, I'm a big uh, fan. We like what you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan. I so I I saw this at Liquor Barn probably about a month and a half ago on sale for like fifty bucks. I was like. I'd, yeah, I'll pick, I'll pick that up. I don't see why not. Mm-hmm. Kind of wish yeah. that it had been the discovery instead of the fusion, but for fifty, totally. yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Regardless, Total Wine in Hamburg still has Discovery Series One on the shelf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, what? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's no nuts. more Green Label. I do love that people, bottle. Though. People were getting it confused with rye, <laughs> which mm-hmm. it's not. Um, yeah. So there you go. Oh, by the way, I'm drinking out of uh, my, this is my bourbon drinking glass, which can be found at whiskeyambitions.com. That is correct. And is hand-packed and shipped by none other than Swan himself. With love. With mm-hmm. lots of love. Or possibly me. Sometimes you. Yeah. Sometimes you. Almost if, certainly not me. If we're in a, no. if we're in a crunch. But occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know that I have personally packed two yeah. of those glasses. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Or two two orders, I should say. Yeah. So there are, uh, there are a few remaining. Uh, supplies are limited, so get them while you can. Uh, again, whiskeyambitions.com. 
you'll find it right there, along with all of other all, all of Chad and Sarah's other merch and apparel. That's correct. This is just going to be one long ad for <laughs> <laughs> where, love pe- it. where people can find our stuff. What do you guys think about the nose on Fusion Series 3? I like it. He likes it. Sort of like a little green apple. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I was saying that it, it didn't remember it being as apple before no. on the neck pour. But yeah. But now that it's kind of opened up, you know, we've maybe drank a sixth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today um, I'm actually getting some, like, toasted pecans, too, I was just about to say apples. toasty notes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Not quite the level of, like, sugary, sweet... You know, they always do those, like, pop-up shops at the mall around the holidays where mm-hmm. it's, like, just a bunch of toasted nuts. Yay. Everyone loves this, right? That's, that's actually the and name I'm of the sign. Just, yeah. like, this is the name of the story. Yay. Just a bunch of toasted nuts. This is what you came to the mall for. No, yeah. no one goes to the mall for that. They just see it, and they're like, well, technically, you smell it. And then you're like, I yeah. need this. Um, yeah. So not a, quite that sweet, but that's in a, there. It's a kiosk, so it's in the middle a of the kiosk. aisle. That's what and uh, yeah, so you have to walk by it. <laughs> there, you are forced to smell. Gosh, I hope people are allergic to nuts walking by that. There's probably <laughs> particles in the air. Danger, danger. Yeah, just a bunch of nuts is the best name just for anything. It's nuts. just a bunch of. It's just a bunch of nuts. Just a bunch of nuts. Yay! Everyone loves it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you just named a restaurant food. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably something that we'll see in 2021. I, I wouldn't it's, mi- it. it's minimalist and cool. Like, <laughs> oh, it's unassuming yet bold. No, it'll just be a single lowercase f. Food. <laughs> well, they'll have to put a period after it, otherwise Facebook would sue them. But. Oh yeah. But yeah, this is come eat at f. <laughs> this is the content they came for. Absolutely. <laughs> Derek Zoolanders, who, uh, you know, he's their spokesperson, too. It's not the content they came for, but it's the content they deserve. Yes. And that, my friends, is the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the tooth. The shark tooth. Yeah, those are the main things I get. There's a little bit of honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, slightly. I, I kind of would honestly go a little bit more honeysuckle, I feel like, because it seems a little bit more earthy or greeny. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. But I like it. I think this is their best outing with Fusion yet. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I think I, they really, really just killed it on this one. Yeah, like... Which, what I think is great about that, though, is that it's a higher percentage of their distillate mm-hmm. versus the previous years. And the fact that, you know, sometimes you don't expect that as the new distillate goes up. Um, the quality sometimes, I think we can have all been in a scenario where it has gone down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that they're really doing a good job of balancing their distillate with that 13-year yeah. um, bourbon that's in here. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've had some under two-year-old uh, Barstown Bourbon Company distillate and Delicious. thought it, it mm-hmm. really shined. It was yeah. just... It's shocking to me how impressive. good they are. Yeah. Like, I kind of... I don't know. I mean, like... We're enthusiasts, but I'm also just a fan. Oh, absolutely. In general, like I go there and it just makes me happy to be there. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm at, well, I've never been to Disney World, so I don't know what that feels like, but I feel like, I don't know. <laughs> it's close. Whatever that place is. Mm-hmm. I like being a Bartstown Bourbon Company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the majority, well, not the majority, the second majority 
of it is this 13-year Kentucky bourbon. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. 98% sure that that's Barton juice. Mm. I'm, I'm almost certain that's, that's where that came from. I, 74, 18, 8? Yeah. I think I yeah, remember I seeing think... online that that's the, the Barton mash bill. Yeah, the thing about the Sazerac stuff is, is you know, I don't think they release them technically. So I think it is sort of guessing. Speculation. Speculation. I mean, I know, you know, Buffalo Trace, they, they say it's between 12 and 15% rye. You know, they, they never really Sorry. say it's it's this is exactly what it is. Yeah. So yeah. I would assume maybe the same is, uh, is this, the same as uh, true of Barton, but I'm can't really recall researching it to know that for sure. Yeah. But regardless, yeah. I, I think that it it seems to balance out really well with that younger distillate that's in there yeah. too. And and it honestly, if I were doing this blind, I think I would have a hard time picking up on some of the the younger qualities of it. I don't think that there's like an over an overshine of a three year old product mm-hmm. in here. Yeah. I, I just think that yeah. it's all very, very well balanced. Yeah, I think yeah. that's spot on. And you know, I think there's also a concern with proofing a three-year-old or just a young whiskey in general down under 100 proof because I think that's mm-hmm. where you can really get those red flags of, oh, this is young stuff. But, you know, here it is at 98.9. And, yeah, I agree. There's no red flags of this is young. Sure. Well, and I think that is because of the blending, and it's also because that's they're so good yeah. at their own distillate. Well, right. I mean, if you... Go ahead, oh, Sarah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like you said, if you gave this to me blind, I think I would probably estimate a f- five or six year, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's, I don't know math. So I don't have to make like a box and whisker chart in order to figure out what that <laughs> comes out to be like percentage of the 13 year versus right. the three. It's an average. I don't do math. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think that that's a good sign. I mean, there's a, there's a possibility too, that the, the proofing aspect of it didn't what didn't really affect the younger distillate they could have had you know the younger distillate at say like 120 proof um and then when they would they put in the 13 year that could have been 90 you know what i mean i mean like they could have already mm-hmm. had the the proofs kind of figured out before they blended them together and then uh, I, yeah, I don't know i mean like, again it's it's speculation but i mean there's always the possibility that the older stuff was lower proof and the younger stuff was the higher proof that they they put in mm-hmm. and whatever proofing mm-hmm. they did thereafter was just to taste um and you know it i i doubt that there's too much tinkering that goes on with this this particular product in that in that regard mm-hmm. but yeah who's to say yeah that would make sense yeah we could always ask them you know about some of their practices. Yeah. But. <laughs> we that, could. Add that we... to the list of questions. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So uh, let's give this the old uh, the old review th- thing, system. The old review reviewer son? Yeah, there we, there we go. Uh, nose, palette, finish, and price is our categories, are our categories. Each category is out of five, and then it's a final score out of 20. Uh, what would you guys give the nose on Fusion Series 3? Oh, I haven't gotten there yet. Um, what would you give it, Perry? I would <laughs> give it a solid three. 
I think it's really enjoyable. I think that I am missing some of the higher proof notes that I would pick up um, if, say, this were in the 110 to 120 range. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I think that it's just a really enjoyable nose <clears throat> and one that makes me want to dive into it a little bit and, and go back to uh, what, what's in the glass and kind of explore it a little bit more. So three, three for me on the nose. I'm also going to give it a three. You know what? I'll agree with both of you. <laughs> Threes all around. I was thinking maybe a 3.25, but then I was like, let's not get into all that. <laughs> I'll leave that for Chad. <laughs> I, I came close to giving it like a 2.75, and I was like, no, it's, it's slightly better than that. <laughs> uh, Palette-wise, what were you guys thinking? I think palette is <clears throat> one of the strongest points of this, mm -hmm. and... Um, might be the highest, well, probably, maybe not the highest category in this ranking, but still, I gave it a 3.5. I think it's, mm -hmm. um, it's rather good. I also gave it a 3.5. There you go. Hey, look, me too. <laughs> <laughs> look at us. Ah, uh, nice. that's good. Um, finish, I think, might be the, the weakest point on this. It's not super long. There's not much of a hug to it either, um, it does kind of introduce like some some graham cracker notes as it's fading away, but I don't know. It, it's it's there, but I just don't know if it's there there in the way that I would like for it to be. Uh, I I'm gonna give it a two point five. Hmm. I mean, I think for a sub one hundred proofer, I think it gives the hug that you would expect and the the finish. That, I mean, I was I was basing this finish more on just more like the flavor that's left over in your mouth, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's enjoyable. Yeah. So I gave it a three point two five on the finish. Well, I'm more in Chad's camp. Sure. Um, I think that the older bourbon that's blended in here, in my opinion, is coming through in the finish. I got more like toasted oak notes, um, a little bit of that graham cracker, like you said. But I thought like, again, like what Chad said, it was what I expected, if not just a little bit more for something in this price range at this proof point. Mm -hmm. So I gave it a 3.5. I was happy mm -hmm. with it. To be honest, I like the finish better than the nose. So mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. just me, though. What do I I know? mean, I, I technically did, too, because I yeah. gave the nose a three and a yeah. To finish the three two five. I, I just wish that the the finish were a little bit longer. Honestly, mm -hmm. I, I and again, yeah. I think it's it's weakest point. But even still, it's not it's not a bad mark on it. It's just mm -hmm. I like I guess the act of drinking it more than I do letting it sit on my <laughs> yeah on my yeah. tongue. It is an easy sipper. So mm -hmm. it is absolutely. Uh, price, you're going to see it around what, like $55 up to maybe 60. Um, I, I've seen it for 50. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I purchased it at. It was on sale at liquor barn for $50. Mm. I think it's a great price, especially if I you're agree. trying to get people into Bardstown bourbon company and, and <gasps> what they're doing. Hi Zoe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry wow. about that. Just, wow. a, just a warning bark. <laughs> she wants to talk to. Yeah, sure. I, I think it's a really good price. Um, I think that there are other products that are cheaper that punch a little bit more above their weight class. You know, Turkey 101, of course, is the easy one to to go to. But it, it's a, 
I think overall it's a a, a solid price. I'm gonna give it a three point five. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with all those things you said. Um, I, I think there's a few things that add to its value. One of it just being the transparency on the label, sure. the fact that they give you all three uh, mash bills, their age, their mash bill breakdown, the percentage that's put into it, mm-hmm. the fact that it's a it's a four grain, not even advertised as a four grain, but you yeah. look at the <laughs> mash bills, it's a four grain. It has a 13 year in there. Um, and then just the overall enjoyment of it. Uh, I gave it, I gave it a four. I think it's a pretty strong, pretty strong value yeah. for, for what it is. I, I echo those sentiments, Chad. I also gave it a four and this is thinking of things like I would probably give rare breed a five on the value oh, for sure. price, you know, scale, I would give wild Turkey one one a five, just because I think you get a, you get the maximum payback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's things to be argued here about that, but I agree with what you said on, on why a four, because I also gave it a four. Okay. I so think totals, four, <laughs> I think four is oh. a, a fair price score as well. Um, I just think there are other things that I would probably reach for before I reached for, for this one rare rate for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Granddad, it's hard to beat. Too. Oh yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely. Hard to beat, but yeah, those are three really good examples of like ones that would score a five mm, on yeah. the on the price category. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I think this is below that, and as it makes sense, we scored yeah. it below. So uh, total for me was a thirteen out of twenty. Mine okay. was a fourteen. Fourteen on the dot. Mine was a thirteen seven five. Yeah, this is a recommend for me. I know that we typically get like once it hits fifteen, it's a you know, an immediate recommend, but I, I think that, you know, anywhere from like upper 12s to 13, that, that becomes a recommend for me. And, and yeah, I can understand if you might think, well, I'd rather pick something else up over this, but this is a great one to have in your collection. It's great to bring out for people to, and say, this has young distillate in it and you're going to be really surprised by it. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I think that there's a lot of value in this. I think that it, it shines on the shelf. I love the shape of this bottle, by the way. Mm -hmm. I think they had just done it and, and across the board with their, uh, their, their products. I just think they look stunning. I really do. Um, so it's a good, it's a good pickup. Go, go buy a Mm -hmm. bottle. Take it to socially distant, distanced Christmas. If you're doing that thing. All right, so that was our review for the episode. Uh, I guess we'll do a little bit of news now, if you guys would like to talk about it. Sure. Uh, Bluegrass Distillers, which is uh, a Lexington-owned company, uh, is actually going to be expanding uh, to Elkwood Farm in Midway, Kentucky. This is a really, I would say, almost overlooked craft distillery here in central Kentucky. I think they do really good work with what they have. Um, yeah, most of it is young. I, I think the oldest product they have might be three or four years old. But it, in, in general, I think Bluegrass Distillers is paving the way for, for craft distillers, uh, at, least, at least on the, the craft trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a review of... 
a bottle that they did in collaboration with, I believe it was Habitat for Humanity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, um, gosh, I could say a month or two ago, but I'm, my sense of time this year is... <laughs> no, I think that sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds about right. And you know, I. it's funny because they're right here in town and it's just... I don't know why I don't think of it as often, but when we had that one, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it, it was definitely um, much better than the last time we explored them, which was honestly years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, and I've, and I've, and I've been there, I've been there before and I think they've definitely grown and it's good to see that they're growing more. Yeah. I right. think that will definitely help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love to watch a good Lexington distillery come up because it's like, this is where we live and it's right in the middle of, you know, bourbon country. And yet mm-hmm. I feel like there's really not, not to discount anyone that is here, but there's just not as much. Um, yeah. But you know, we have Jamesy Pepper that's been here for a couple of years now, and mm. all tech, all tech. That's true. <laughs> it is there. It's, that it's is there. It's there. Yeah. It is there. But you know, anyway, I, I'm just excited to to see what happens with these guys here in the near future. Speaking of excitement, I I mean, this is kind of in this is more in my wheelhouse, of course, than it is your all's. But Goose Island. Uh, has they they've kind of sprinkled three different Bourbon County Stout Easter eggs, I would call them, uh, throughout their release this year, and they're they're indicated on the back label as being from one of three distilleries. It's either BT, HH, or WT. So Buffalo Trace, <laughs> Heaven Hill, or Wild Turkey. Um, mm-hmm. Everything that's in that particular bottle is from one of those three distilleries. I think that's super cool. I wish that we had more stuff like this in bourbon. Yeah. It, it's just, there. there's not much of it. And like, yeah, it does kind of make me want to go full tater and just hunt the <laughs> heck out of, you know, at least one of these bottles. I mean, having had, you know, the Anderson Valley stout that's finished in turkey barrels and loving that as much as I do, it would be great to find one of the the bourbon county stouts finished in turkey barrels but it it seems like they're they're pretty regional like more in chicago than they are throughout the country uh yeah but regardless it would it would be so cool to pick up one of these it's a little golden ticket esque. it's a little willy wonka yeah (laughs) oh what if they did that what if you got like a free tour of that distillery if. That would be fun. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, well, there's always next year. There's always next year. The, there'll probably be better luck next year <laughs> yeah, as well. It's also <laughs> true. Wouldn't. Yeah. So true. this next bit of, bit of news is kind of more of a discussion piece, and I wanted to kind of get your all's take on this. So the, the Bourbon Review was asked, why is there no fourth batch of Bookers this year? Um, and it's something that we all kind of... We're scratching our heads over too when we were like, so pigskin's it? Where's. <laughs> and even then, mm-hmm. it was delayed forever. Right. Oh, and speaking. Like, what happened to the fourth speaking one? Speaking of Bookers, should we, should we have a little, little Knob Creek? Oh, sure. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking around for the Bookers and then I was like, we, we don't have that on our table, but we do have. Barry, I'm actually Creek. surprised that you didn't uh, report on the story that was just below. 
um, that link for the uh, Goose Island, which is Kit Kat releases a whiskey barrel aged chocolate bar in Japan. What? Come on. <laughs> Give it. What? Give it here. Yeah, foodandwine.com, which had the um, had the Goose Island. Okay. Ooh. I'm not Story. a candy bar person, really, right but if there's a Kit Kat, I'm going to eat <laughs> oh, it. I love Kit Kats. I'm going to eat it. Of course, it's it's Scotch barrels, but... Still? I'd still try it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like oh my gosh. really good with the chocolate and like the wafer. Mm-hmm. I, did you all know this? There are over 400 Kit Kat flavors in Japan. There is a lot. I've had the, the mint. What? The mint I mean, chocolate. We've had like four. There's like white chocolate here, mint. I don't even know. That's it. Dark chocolate. I don't know. That's just me guessing. (laughs) Well, the mint I had was from Japan. What? Yeah. Crazy. I'm just an OG Kit Kat kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had the green tea one? No, I don't even know that these things exist, Uh, but I also don't eat candy. Maybe that's what I had, green tea. It might have been green tea. The the mint chocolate, or the mint, yeah, the mint chocolate one is available here in the U.S. now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the green tea, actually. Because it was definitely from When did you have this, and Japan. why wasn't it shared with me? Uh, it was <laughs> on a job, oh, and okay, it was at a yeah, it was at a uh, a wheel or a rim manufacturing manufacturing plant. Yes, gotcha. That uh, I'm oh, connecting okay. the dots. Yeah, I got you. I got you. No, that's cool. If we have any yeah. uh, Japanese listeners, we'd love to, you know. Try one of those. We'd love, we'd love a, a, just a box full of all the different Kit Kats, and then we would love to give you a video about what you should pair with each of those Kit Kat flavors. Oh, yeah. killer! Wouldn't that, that would be, be awesome. fun? Well, apparently, I mean, if you go on Amazon and you're willing to pay the shipping, you can you can get all these flavors. Well, then we should do it. it sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Christmas present you didn't know you wanted, Sarah. Exactly. That's the thing I didn't know I wanted: candy. <laughs> I really didn't know. <laughs> So we, we just poured some of the Knob Creek 12-year cast strength that came out this year. It's one of the limited releases uh, for mm. 2020. I do like this. This this bottle, I think, is better than all the bookers that came out this year, personally. And I don't know. If, ooh, I don't know, Perry. <laughs> Respectfully disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, go ahead. It's a contender for me for top 10 this year. I mean, I, this one did make it into our blind contention. Um, yeah. So in a mere days, we will know where where this, if this topped into our top 10 or, or where it landed. Yeah. But, where it shook um, out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I really like this one and I find myself... You know, sometimes there's just tasks that you do around the house that are made better by drinking. Like anytime I have to put mm-hmm. anything together, like a piece of furniture or whatever, like if I have to build it, I'm not building it unless I have a glass of bourbon with me because Amen. I'm like, why? What's the point? <laughs> if I have to do <laughs> manual labor, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, I do that with just about where... any task around the house. It's like, you like got to do I'm... the dishes? I'm going to have a glass of bourbon. I got to clean up my studio? <laughs> I'm going to have a glass of bourbon. Like, sure. <laughs> if I'm cleaning my room, I'm having wine. But if I'm painting or like building something, I'm having bourbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why. But this is one that I find myself reaching for mm-hmm. whenever um, I'm doing something like that. I'm always like, you know, I'm going to go get that Knob Creek. Um, Man, it so is good. very good. I've already, I've already bought a second bottle of it. And I'll probably buy I a think, third. So. I think we were gifted some... Yeah. The I can never remember. No, Chad that always, was the hundred proof. That was a different one. Okay. Yeah. 
I can never remember. <laughs> I'm real bad. No, we bought this I'm one. I'm real bad. <laughs> there you go. So, Booker's. Why was there no fourth release this year? Chad has the inside scoop. Well, I mean, you know, and then here Bourbon Review goes and they ask Fred No himself. Yeah. <laughs> My information. We thought we had the inside scoop. Well, it, it probably came out before this article did. So sure. for a little while we did. Um, but yeah, when we did our uncorking of um, Pigskin Batch, mm-hmm. we included uh, some, some info in there. And it, it wasn't from Fred No himself, but it was from a uh, brand ambassador at Beam. And I was, we were told that, yeah, the quality of the batch didn't meet their standards. Ergo, don't release something that they they don't like and just yeah. uh, leave it with the three releases for 2020. Which, like, I personally like that story because it makes me feel good about their quality control. And, like, if they're going to ask us to pay this, you know, premium level price for this product, that they're not going to put out anything that they don't believe in. So... That story makes me feel all warm and fuzzy, although there was a critical side of my brain that was like, I have a hard time believing that y'all don't have more barrels that could qualify for bookers that just hanging out somewhere. Well, that looks like that's in the article here. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to touch on a couple of things here before we dive in too much to the, the actual article and have that conversation. The first one was that the rumor that was going around before pigskin started hitting shelves was that it wasn't good enough and Jim Beam was recalling it. Like they had gone through the whole process of actually producing it and then somebody after it like got shipped out said, no, 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 bring it back. We can't, we can't give this to people. Do you think mm-hmm. that that got like that was a conflated story between that and I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it, that doesn't seem real to me. No. Yeah. Cuz I mean it did, but like as soon as we said and I think we said it on the show too, Swan Swan and I that there was that rumor going around. It was like the next day or like the day after that episode came out, it was popping up at total line. I was like, <laughs> "Well, dag on it." So <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it just feels like that's like a huge mistake. And there's so many checkpoints involved of like who has to sign off on these things and the labels getting made and then putting them on the bottles. The bottles get filled, package shipped, blah, 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 all this stuff. I just have a hard time believing that all of that happened. And then someone was like, wait, this isn't right. Yeah, Um, because I feel like someone who could actually have the clout to make that call would have had to have signed off several steps before. It just doesn't make sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. The the other thing too uh, that I I want to talk about is this uh, the the beginning of this quote from from Fred No. Uh, he said, "When I took over as master distiller, Dad made me to promise to never touch his Booker's bourbon, and I can honestly say that I haven't." I feel like this is both <laughs> good and potentially slightly negative. For bookers, and I'll say I'll, I'll say the negative side of it first, and it's purely it's purely from a, <laughs> a capitalist standpoint. Bookers is a big money maker for them, right? I mean, it, it's being released quarterly at a semi premium price, and you know it, it could be strange and and potentially hurt the brand hurt their their income 
income's not the right word there, but you, you know what I'm saying. If they do get so nitpicky every single year. And, and like, there have been bad batches of bookers. There have been ones that we haven't been as big a fan of. 2019 was just kind of full of duds, right? I mean, nothing really screamed <laughs> at us. Well, I'll agree with that. I mean, I picked a favorite. But I wouldn't it, say I wouldn't say full of duds. I wouldn't call I, I would them say duds. But twenty nineteen didn't have as exceptional options as twenty eighteen did. Let's say I will say that I was disappointed that there was not one that I was wild about because I feel like in previous years I had always been able to find one that I yeah. was like, yes, this is the one. Mm-hmm. Last year I picked a favorite, um, but. I never reach for it, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think that's what I'm getting at too, is that there wasn't just kind of this overwhelming, like, Oh, you got to pick up, you know, granny's batch. You got to grab what I I can't even remember what the, what the batches from last year were, but, um, we had backyard barbecue, beaten biscuits. Was Uh, beaten biscuits was a good batch. 18 beaten biscuits, country ham, I can never Kathleen's remember what batch. the two, yeah. or was it Teresa's? Teresa's batch. Teresa's batch. I can never remember what the second release of the year is called, ever, <laughs> in any in any year. I can't remember, but yeah. Yeah. So my my point is that like I could see it being potentially detrimental to the the amount of money they could make, but I mean that's kind of me being nitpicky about it and playing a little bit of devil devil's advocate, but at the same time, I think it's overwhelmingly positive to hear Fred No say something like, yeah, I'm sticking true to what my dad told me to do. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm carrying on the legacy. And that's, I think that in the, the sea that is so many bourbon releases, it is nice to see a light patch every now and then of people who are staying true to, what the the distillery the company was founded on much in the way that that fred no is doing and i'm I'm sure freddie no is going to do the same thing when when he takes over whenever that may be but also the like the samuels family and um the the shapiros who still own uh, heaven hill as well i mean i just it it made me kind of breathe a sigh of relief when I read that he was like, nah, it's just because we we weren't ready for it yet. But I mm-hmm. think, Sarah, you brought up a good point, though. Like, how do they not have barrels that <laughs> weren't up to snuff? Well, and yeah, I mean, I don't work there, so I can't say. I guess I just like... True. Yeah, I find it hard to wrap my mind around that. But then part of me also wonders, do they earmark certain barrels every year? Like, you know, they're prepared for four releases a year. Mm -hmm. And they've got barrels and warehouses that are earmarked for this purpose. Um, And if one of them doesn't pan out, like, maybe that's that was their plan. Now their plan's messed up. Like, I don't know. Um, Maybe that product that is sitting around is reserved for something else. Sure. It's hard to say because I don't work there. But, like, again, I just, the critical side of me is like, well, you don't have any other bourbon? <laughs> you can't sell me? Yeah, absolutely. I, again, I find it hard to believe that you're going to let that, let's say, on average, a $90 bottle of bourbon 
um, that everybody wants, you're just going to be like, you know, nah, we don't want that money. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be skipping out. So it's like they had to have made the decision for a good reason, but what is the reason? Um, and do I buy it? <laughs> what do you think, Chad? I mean, I can see, yeah, I mean, yes, they have tons and tons and tons of barrels. Jim Beam is the biggest uh, bourbon uh, retailer um, in, in, the, in the world. Um, but they also have a lot of labels mm-hmm. and of their entire stock, only a certain percentage are going to be six to eight years, which is what they choose for bookers. So take that down to that number. And then of that number, only certain ones are going to be where they like to pull them from the center cut of the warehouse or there's about. So that takes that number down even more. And then they have to come out with usually four batches a year. And they had already probably, you know, had certain amounts allocated for batch one and batch two. And then, you know, I wonder if it was batch three that had the problem or batch four and four became three, you know? So if it was either three or four, that's towards the end of their calendar year of production of allocated barrels for this expression. So when you think about it that way, yeah. I mean, yes, they have other barrels, but like here we are slipping on this Knob Creek 12-year cast strength, which is 120.5, which is pretty close to a Booker's proof. But I can tell you that as delicious as this is, it's not a Booker's profile. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they don't need to put a 12 year in a Booker's bottle. Yeah, they, they wouldn't be doing that anyway. So I feel like, uh, you know, and there's different uh, from an info sheet that I've seen, there's different barrel entry proofs for different expressions. So that, that that's what I was scrambling down. to find while you were yeah, talking. Yeah. Too. I think I have a screenshot on my phone, but yeah, I, I had to, so you I guys to... have looked into this. This is what you all lay awake at night and think about. Cause I'm thinking about every, everything I did wrong during the day. The person that I waved at who I thought was waving at me, but didn't wave back. Right. So it, it comes from bourboner. Um, and I, I think I just searched like bourboner, Jim beam, B O U R B O N R. I, and so it breaks down each of the mash bills and the, the barrel entry proofs as well as the, the off still proof. So now, the mash bill, I, I wouldn't, no disrespect to Bourboner, but I wouldn't put a lot of stock in because they don't release their mash bill. Uh, I'm just trying to see if there's anything that confirms whether or not these mash bills are indeed correct but it regardless what it's stating is that products like bookers bakers and knob creek as well as jim beam white label all maintain the same mash bill which bourboner is saying is 75 corn 13 rye 12 malted barley uh but where it starts to differ is what it comes off the still at everything goes into the barrel except for basil hayden and we'll get to that in a second, but everything goes into the barrel at 125 proof, but uh, Booker's, Baker's, uh, well, no, those are the only two, come off the still at 125, Knob Creek comes off at 130, and Jim Beam White comes off at 135. So what what I'm getting at here, I guess, is just kind of challenging that, like, if they're being that specific with what the proof is with it coming off the still surely the barrels that are set aside for bookers, for bakers, 
um, and and for Jim Beam White Label are reserved specifically for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I I do understand that maybe yeah you know there there is that potential for some of those Booker's barrels to maybe have gone into the Knob Creek cast strength or vice versa, but if they're gonna be that specific about it, why do the opposite? of what they set out to do. Right. And, and you know, the whole, um, you know, the only thing, the, the reason why I always remember that Jim Beam doesn't publicly release their mash bills is because of being at, uh, you know, a couple of bourbon and beyond panels where Fred Minnick is, uh, pumping uh fred no for information <laughs> trying to get him to spill the beans about what their mash bill is and he's right. saying nope i ain't gonna do that fred <laughs> he's saying, get, out, get out of here fred <laughs> yeah so you know that's just been drilled into my mind that we love you fred <laughs> that we're always trying to figure out what the jim beam mash bill is but it's it's not released so i think it's just speculation and to kind of take it back to um to bargetown bourbon company uh, Discovery Series number four has a mash bill on there where it has 0.5 and a 0.5. I think it was the rye and the malted barley. Mm. It was this mash bill that I'd never seen before. And I feel like that is Jim Beam's mash bill. Hmm. Intriguing. Some detective. Well, look at it. Sherlock Holmes and Watson <laughs> over here. Because. Who am I? I could, you know, and of course I'm tasting three different uh kentucky distilleries blended into one but i i just feel like i was tasting some jim beam in there you know (laughs) i mean that could be but i don't know that's my theory that we now have seen what the actual jim beam mash bill is but and and it's not that that one that most people because you know when you google it and there's that big table of all the distilleries and some have question marks and some are filled in and Jim Beam is filled in with that mash bill that you just said yeah. you know I don't I don't I think that's cl- I think that's really close to it but I don't think that's it it's like trying to figure out who Banksy is like right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we'll, we'll never quite figure it out maybe until you know he's dead but regardless yeah um they they also kind of laid out scenarios uh, Bourbon Review did for what could have happened had had everything gone maybe the way that Fred had planned it, or you know if he you know had had his wits about him. So uh, four different scenarios: one, he could deliver four batches in 2020 and skip one in 2021. Two, he could deliver three batches in 2020 and resume four batches for 2021. He could make uh, three. He could make several significantly smaller batches, shrinking the production of Booker's for 2020. Or four, he could bottle something that wasn't tasting right. So they okay. go on to say that four likely is not an option that he would even consider. Right. Well, I, I, feel I like agree with that wholeheartedly. No matter which way you slice it, you're going to piss people off. <laughs> Any well, one of those four options, you're going to cut somebody short this year. You're going to cut somebody short next year. Mm-hmm. You're going to make all of the releases smaller, which means they're going to be harder to get. Or you're going to make one of them bad, which is going to make people mad. <laughs> like, So I think, obviously, like you said, that last option is not non-negotiable. Yeah. We're not doing that. Okay. I've- and if you're going to make them all smaller, Booker's is already getting a lot of heat for like being more expensive. Now they're going to... 
people just love to hate Jim Beam. Like, let's not they give do. him <laughs> another reason for an entire year. Because like Chad pointed out, we can't go back and alter what happened with one and two of this year. No. So we're saying for the next three to four batches, we're going to have a smaller yield. That's going to piss people off for a longer time than just skipping this one in 2020 that's already a terrible year, closing the book on that, <laughs> and just moving on in 2021. Devil's Advocate, though, Sarah. Oh, we love this game. That might actually help their clout, because when things become more allocated, people uh, stop complaining about pain big prices and they're like i can't find it i finally found one. Oh, it's a hundred dollars oh i'm gonna pay it i think you know <laughs> i hear what you're saying and i think that is true in every other case except for jim beam because you know what people are gonna say they're gonna say screw this i'm just gonna go buy knob creek <laughs> yeah that's it's just oh, as that good and it's cheaper creek pick i'm just gonna go 15 get a knob creek years pick. old and yeah, well, yeah they're gonna say that's true that's true Right. Uh, not yet. Not anymore. But I think people still have this mindset of like, why? Well, if Booker's is going to be harder to find, I'll just get Knob Creek. No big deal. So yeah. I feel like they they want to keep it as short and as contained as possible. So that only leaves options one and two. Why disappoint people next year when you can just rip the bandaid off and get it over with now? Well, yeah, I'm glad that they went with the option that they went with. I, I feel like there might be a potential fifth option, though. Ooh, the elusive fifth option. It's E, all of the above. Uh, no, well, <laughs> I'm what, kidding. What if they released five batches in 2021? Well, to- there would they, that would still have to shrink, you know, shrink the supply to where they would they would be harder to find. Sure, and then that doesn't alleviate people's frustration with there only being three in this year. So it's like they put more on themselves, but they don't actually help themselves right now. It Fair. might also confuse. Because they've very been strictly setting this. We went from six, now we're at four. It yeah. will be four from now on. It might, yeah, it might kind of confuse them. They're people. like training so, the consumer. But it, it wasn't that long ago that Jim Beam was putting out six batches of bookers per year. He yes. Ain't, he ain't wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I pulled up the email from our, our Deep Throat. Uh, oh, source. Um, now, I'm I'm sure he's fine with me uh, citing him as a source. Just but to be careful, I didn't specifically ask that, so I always take the safe approach and just well, not say. Sure, and especially with there being so many different takes on what's going on here, yeah. I wouldn't want him to get. You yeah. Know. So anyway, because um, I was asking about one, the price increase, two, the where you know what happened with the four batches in 2020 and so on and so forth and um and is it becoming more scarce uh so and just since it's here i'll just say this real quick about the price increase he said we did take a small price increase a few years ago or so and it was the first time we'd done that since 1992 so we never raised the price on bookers for over 20 years and then back in 2017 they raised it and they haven't raised it since then so if you are seeing it increase in price it's not from the uh distillery it's either from the distributor or your retailer your store mm-hmm. raising the price but not jim beam they're not making any more money off of it right now uh he says as far as scarcity goes that's not going away uh anytime soon unfortunately luckily slash unluckily for us bookers has seen a surge in popularity the last handful of years and we can only make four highly allocated releases a year as opposed to five years ago when we could do six to eight releases no problem not a bad problem to have for folks like us, but it's a bummer to know that getting each barrel is more and more of a challenge. Or, sorry, each batch is more and more of a challenge. So, there you go. There we have 
that. So can't argue when it comes. Well, obviously the the, the rise in popula- right the rise in popularity is obviously due to the three of us. I mean, yes. cl- we're, clearly, yeah. we're to blame. Yeah. We're yeah. the source. Yes, that, that's why. <laughs> that's why we can't find uh, Henry McKenna anymore. Ugh, that is a hundred percent my fault, <laughs> specifically. I think it's that that Fred guy, right? And people have already Fred started who? shaming me for the future. Oh yeah, that that Fred guy. That Fred guy. <laughs> yes, people have already started shaming us for the future unavailability of Evan Williams bottled and bond. Well, mm, Fred's already true. being blamed for the future unavailability of rare breed as well. So right, yeah. I can still find it and everywhere. I, and I think <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think if ever William Heaven Hill starts to really get some some notice, it'll be from us too. <laughs> I am like, why is no one noticing this? But also, good. Keep your hands off of it. That's right. fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's ours. I take it. It's our precious. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I know that took up a bulk of the episode, but I felt like it was important for us to talk about because it, it's it's something that. Uh, I have been fascinated with, you know, just seeing not only the production side of it, but also, you know, how people are responding to it here in uh, here in this community and seeing whether or not people are on board with it. And I think overwhelmingly, it seems like, you know, people are okay with the fact that there's not a, you know, mediocre batch of bookers that came out. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we if you're going to spend that money, you want it to be quality. So, right. I mean, I, 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 give I think, yeah, all credit where credit's due to Fred now for making that call. And, uh, yeah, it, it was probably a tough choice to have to make, but I, I will say, I hope that it doesn't become the norm in the future. I do hope that they return to four batches next year and, and thereafter. Um, yeah, that's that's what we've been told is the plan is to go back to four next year. So this is just hopefully just a little blip in sure. the. I mean, it had to be a pretty big, I don't know, mistake, disappointment. I don't really know how to frame that, but you know what I'm saying? Because again, at what average eighty five, ninety dollars a bottle, you to just say, you know, nah, let's not, let's mm-hmm. not cash in on that. It must have been. For some reason, just like way outside the norm. Could, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the the card that Booker's came with used to have like the breakdown of everything that went into the batch? Or, yeah. So when did they stop doing that? It must have been this year. I think I still remember seeing that on 2020-01. Oh, I don't remember. Because uh, I remember us doing an uncorking, and you started reading like twenty eight percent came from warehouse C on the fourth floor, and then you're like, "Oh, this is way too much information," <laughs> and then you stopped reading it. I mean, that was Me? recent. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I started reading it on an episode. I was like, "This is gonna take ten minutes." <laughs> yeah, but no, they would get into the minutia of from this warehouse, this floor, this you know uh, percentage of it went into the mix, and I made myself bored. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I put myself I think to sleep. You, it's like one of those things you read on your own time if you have the time, but like I'm not going to yeah. spend the time reading it to you. Sure, sure. So I, yeah, I'll have to go back and 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 look because now I'm curious. Because I was looking it up for uh, for Boston Batch, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I was like, hmm. did I just totally misremember this? Was it only for the limited releases that came out, like the 25th and the 30th that mm, they, no. I, I knew it. I knew I wasn't going crazy. 
You're not. Going I mean, to not for wait. that reason. But I've I mean, never, Perry. I've never seen this before. What are you even talking about? What's what's Booker's? <laughs> what do you mean? You've been talking to yourself this whole time. We're yeah. actually figments of your imagination. Hey, if this turns out to be a simulation and there's a big glitch in it, then uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, let's talk about a couple of releases as well before we uh, wrap it up with some TTB labels and then tips and bits. Uh, the newest batch of Stack Ju- Stag Junior rather uh, has been announced at. Oof, I cannot do that math. Chad, can you do that math? 131.1. Hey, there we go. Uh, Eight years old, 50 bucks a bottle. Uh, It's supposed to be limited, but, you know, if you see Stag Jr., just buy it, I feel like. What from... What from Buffalo Trace isn't limited these uh, days? I don't yeah. understand. We were talking with Swan recently about how bourbon cream from Buffalo Trace is allocated right now, which yeah. is insane. That shouldn't that shouldn't be. I uh, I loved Batch 14. I thought it was phenomenal. So if I if it's I see delicious. Batch 15, I'm definitely going to pick it up. Um, oh yeah. Smooth Ambler also has an Old Scout Port Cask finished rye uh, at one o three proof. Could be. So. I'm not. I'm not looking at that uh, part right fair now. Enough. Oh, wait, here uh, it is. <laughs> Six. Yeah, fifty one point five percent ABV. Yeah, one o one o two. Oh, one o two. One o. No, that'd be 103. 103. Yeah. <laughs> 103. You are correct. <laughs> Distillery only, though, uh, $60 a bottle this month. Um, the last port cask finished rye I had from Smooth Ambler, I gave away to Iverson because I didn't like it. <laughs> mm. He was like... I'm... Wa- oh, yeah. Go ahead. Tell your Iverson no, story, no, no. actually. I, His opinion matters more than mine, to be honest. <laughs> he just... Like, I had him try it, and he was like, this is one of the best rides I've ever had. And I was like... This is your bottle now. <laughs> <laughs> this are belong to you. Yeah, so I hope that this one's better, but re- regardless, uh, you know, past expressions yeah. have not been my favorite thing. I, I've just never been a smooth ambler person. Nah, I don't know me what's neither. wrong with me. Me neither. I, I don't even know. Whatever happened to my Yippie Kaye bottle? Maybe I gave that to Iverson, too. I don't know. I think I might have. <laughs> That's actually, I do like I haven't Yip- seen it. I do like Yippie Kaye. Yippee yeah, he's all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah, okay. Well, there we have that. I like High West. You don't. <laughs> no. Apparently, I don't think any one of the three of us is a big smooth ambler. No, nah, not particularly. So. No. I, There's something out there for everybody. So TTB labels yeah. from uh, uh, from Skew's Recent Eats over on Twitter. Willet has an eight-year-old product that's coming out, apparently, uh, that is a weeded bourbon, and it's their own distillate. I can't what? believe it's been eight years. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem right, does it? No. This I will try. I'm usually not a Willet person, but I feel like sometimes their mash bill gives me very severe licorice, uh, and I just can't handle well, it. Well, that's probably been their source stuff, though. No. It tasted different before. Mm. Like, three or four years ago when we first started the channel, I was in love with Noah's Mill. I really, like, was cool with other older Willet stuff, and then, you know, I liked... Uh, Rowan's Creek and um, Pure Kentucky XO, all that stuff, Kentucky Vintage. And I've, as of the past two years, I can't drink it. It's too much licorice for me. Do you so think they're putting their own distillate I in I do there? think they were. But mm-hmm. honestly, if it's, this is a weeded mash bill at eight years, I'm actually intrigued. Because I think it may have been some rye notes. I don't know mm. for a fact. This is, again, just guessing. Yeah. Um, I'm hypothesizing. But yeah. Anyways, you may continue. Uh, so the next three all kind of get lumped together, but I'm really 
intrigued by these. They're all <laughs> from Kirkland Signature, which is the Costco brand. Uh, and they're all three products distilled at Barton 1792. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I mean... So, this is so strange to me. Yeah. Why not just buy 1792? I don't know. Well, Tr- I guess... True. I, I don't know. Maybe the intention is to make it more available. <laughs> but even then, it's just for Costco. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm truly just postulating here. But so one's bottled in bond. One mm-hmm. is uh, not loading on my computer, and neither is that single one. barrel. So that's good. Uh, yeah, there's a single barrel and a cast strength, right? Uh, I haven't looked at the third one yet. Um, the third one is oh, small batch. Sorry. Um, oh, I clicked on the single barrel again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, small batch. Yeah, it's interesting that they're they're putting out basically a barrel proof single barrel if that's the case yeah yeah in a liter bottle yeah. i don't know i mean i i'll, I'll intriguing I'll, I'll drink it i mean yeah i'll drink it <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong but i'm confused by it i'm scratching my head <laughs> well 100, 120 proof so i mean i'm sure they add a little bit of water sure but i mean cast strength adjacent I would say. Cast strength adjacent, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Close, close enough. <laughs> but I, I agree with you, Chad. Mm. Why not just buy Barton products? Why not just buy 17 Because they're, they're, taking, they're taking stock away from what will become regular old 1792. So they could, you could say to make it more available, but it's also taking their stock away. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It, it's it's the Sazerac effect. I feel like. Yeah, and since it's Kirkland, are they going to sell it for much less than seventeen ninety two products? Because <laughs> then I will definitely buy this. Well, there's got to be a trade off there. I mean, they can't the cannibalize. Catch? Right. You know, seventeen ninety two wouldn't cannibalize their own stuff. Uh, it's. I mean. I, it's it's the Walmart effect. It's one hundred percent. Yeah, maybe. They're maybe the Costco shopper isn't purchasing seventeen ninety two, but they will buy this. Like better to get some money? I don't know. <sighs> Weird. Very Speculation strange. running rampant. <laughs> In the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Feels like. This this episode should come with a speculation disclaimer. <laughs> this is the yeah. episode where we just theorize everything. But no. We literally, yeah, we literally just talk about all the possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all the news for the week. We did our review up top, of course. I did just realize that we haven't done what have we been drinking recently? Oh. Yeah. Mm. The, the thing we normally well, do at the top of the episode. Chad knows what I. Without flying blind, Chad it can... kind of throws me off. It throws you off, yeah, man. It did. Um, so what have you guys been drinking? Sarah recently? has been. Oh, well, Sarah has been drinking the Angel's Envy. Uh, rye um the rum finished I, I rye have, i have been drinking and that. she smells like maple syrup you guys were talking is, about that I on your live last delightful. night and i was laughing so hard mm-hmm. yeah i literally walked downstairs he just looks up at me and goes maple syrup question mark <laughs> like he was mad that i ate waffles without him i'm not sure but uh yeah it's been i started drinking it when we were putting up the christmas tree because it it just felt right and i've been drinking it which is strange because before this year, I didn't like it. Oh, wow. And this mm. is why you should always revisit things. Yeah, agreed. 
I literally had to text um, Akeem, uh, which I don't I don't know if you know Akeem Perry, but he works at OBC. At OBC yeah, I know Akeem. So like with the first time I tried uh, Angels Envy Rye, I was there with Iverson and Akeem, and they were like, "You got to try this." And I was like, "Well, I don't like Angels Envy very much." They're like, "No, but this is different." I tried it, and I said. No, that just tastes like spicy chocolate. Like, why would I want to drink that? They were like, what? Are you insane? This is delicious. I was like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> I literally sent him a picture of the bottle earlier this week, and I said, you were right. I'm an idiot. <laughs> you're, wrong. you're wrong, Colonel Sanders. I said, I've finally been converted, and he was like, thank you. <laughs> I mean, it is, besides the cast strength uh, stuff, it is my favorite Angel's Envy, but it is a little bit too maple syrupy for me. I like it for this time of year. This time of year, sure. I don't what you been drinking, Chad? What have I been drinking? Um, I've been drinking the 25 most notable <laughs> oh, American whiskeys of 2020. <laughs> I have also been drinking those. And then we also had yeah. to do sipping for another episode that's filmed that hasn't come out yet. Ah, uh, yes. TBD on if and when that one will go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> may have been a little holiday selection of pours. Well, I'll tell you what, last night... Besides live, uh, I had some rare breed and I had um, some Blanton straight from the barrel. Nice, ooh, fancy pants. Yeah, you got to try that uh, that bullet pick from Justin's as well. Mm-hmm. Was that last week? Yeah, that was last week. Yeah, these weeks are yeah, just I running together. Like <laughs> uh, when am I? Uh, let's see. I got to uh, try all of the the new releases from Barton. Speaking of Barton, uh, the Thomas S. Moore. Jealous. Uh, you mean the Sean Thomas Moore? Sean Thomas Moore. Yes. The Swan. My Thomas brain Moore. reads it that way oh, every time I see too. that bottle. Me too. Until <laughs> I see. I well, when I when I saw it, I texted him and said, "I didn't know Thomas was your first name, and you just just decide to go by Swan, <laughs> your middle name." <laughs> It's Thomas Swan Moore. <laughs> so I got to try those on my live stream last week uh, at youtube.com slash this is my bourbon podcast. My baby's freaking out over something. I don't know what's happening. No, I'm fine. Aw. Chad. Aw. Ew. But, my baby. <laughs> but I also, Chase Louise, I also got sent uh, from my buddy Alan, who is the distiller over at Spirits of French Lick, uh, two of their bottled and bond products. One's four grain, and the other one is a high rye bourbon. And mm. that high rye bourbon is killer. It's <laughs> yes. stupid good. I have a feeling that they're going to be like, Next year, like people are going to be talking about them a lot. Mm, yeah, we um, got a bottle from Bourbon on the Banks. We did get one from Bourbon on the Banks, and yeah. it's it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be. Let's just like lock in predictions of twenty twenty one trends. You know, I feel like it's like fashion trends. Like, <laughs> like you know, a short bob's going to be back. Like, I think that's going to be one of the things that mm-hmm. people are all. And obviously, smoke wagon is just going to continue. Oh, to be smoke wagon's going to blow up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we kind of saw that with Fourgate this year, too. Funny that you say that. I can't reveal the rest of that sentence at this point in time. <laughs> Chad rolled his eyes at me. He hates me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. but I, I've been liking it a lot. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say something, too, that I, I had teased on your all's live uh, th- this week. Um you had a, a viewer who was asking, what should my first pour be after uh, she was right. 23 weeks pregnant and like after my oh, baby's yeah. born? So mm-hmm. 
we found out that Lucy was pregnant February 15th. So the day after Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And I got her a bottle of rosé. She loves sparkling rosé. And I got, I got her a bottle of that. And we were like, oh, we'll, we'll open it this weekend. We didn't open it that, that night. For, we didn't open it on Valentine's Day. But um, the 15th, she was like, you know, she told me she was pregnant and everything. And we were like, well, we'll save it until after you've had the baby. So we came home. Eden was born early, early on Thursday morning. Uh, we came home on Saturday and I have a picture on my phone of Lucy sitting up in the nursery, feeding and rocking Eden and drinking a very tall glass of rosé from that bottle that I got for her on, uh, on Valentine's Day. Like, I've been waiting She's nine been months for this. <laughs> she has a countdown app on her phone till she can drink the rosé. <laughs> so that, I love that was that. That, that story, but anyway. Nice. It was, it was cute nice. Thing. Yeah. So that yeah. is sweet. So what about uh, tips and bits? Do you guys have any recommendations for people this week? Mm. Y- you know what's so funny is uh, the past umpteen months when when you told me that we both haven't been on here since February. <laughs> um, like I couldn't believe I know. that it's been that long. I, it's ridiculous. I, I've been on right. I've been on since. Mm. Then. No, we no. I, I have an so. unreleased Patreon bonus episode that you were on. Huh. But like the main feed, okay. this is the first time since February that you guys have been. Like on. I would have sworn that we huh. had done this like three months ago. I can't. I would have probably. I would have said six, but again, no sense, no concept right. of time this year. I'll um, go back and look, but, but I'm no, pretty sure we'll, this is only your second. No, you're right. Honestly, no, you're right. <laughs> but you know, um, throughout time, uh, we would come upon something, and I'd be like, ah. Oh, if we were doing Perry's podcast right now, <laughs> this would be one of my tips and bits. Tips and or bits. But you know, and now they're all they're all gone. Surely we've talked about the Scrubs podcast on here. Uh probably. No, I don't probably think, not. I don't think you it have. didn't start until March. Fake Doctors Real Friends. Obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um Oh, Queen's Gambit Absolutely. on Netflix. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen that's it, a- that's a tip and bit. Uh I mean there's like a hundred other things, but like a billion. I know. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. Oh, Ted Lasso. <gasps> Still Love not watched it. Ted Lasso. Still not watched it. Oh my gosh, it brought me so much joy. Like I think that the writing in that show is what everyone needs this year. Mm, it's yeah. just so. It's a lot of positivity. It's a lot of positivity, nice. and that's I think the. the the thing that I've been gravitating towards this year are shows that just exude positivity. Um, because it's like I'm in every other year I will watch like really dark, you know, serial killer (laughs) shows and stuff. I really haven't done that this year because Mm -hmm. I don't think I can handle it. Well, now you know how I feel on in a normal year. I'm like, (laughs) this is too much. Yeah. Gloom and doom. Let me turn on a cartoon. I did did get into (laughs) horror movies this year though. Now, I will say I did get way into horror movies, yeah. but yeah. I think that they're so far-fetched that I'm like, I mean, life is rough, but oh, I yeah, think absolutely. this rough, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What was, like, your favorite horror movie that you watched? Ooh. Don't judge me because I 
judgment-free zone. I, I spent a lot of time, I, I spend a lot of time catching up on movies that people have said, and, and TV shows too, that have said forever, you got to watch it, it's a classic, or, you know, just kind of in the zeitgeist and everything, but man, I, I watched Alien for the first time. Yes, I'm not even going to judge you, I'm just so happy that it you was, watched it. I, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. I mean, just it's just so hands down. I we watched that not too long ago. We did watch it. We watched it like right before Halloween. You know, mm-hmm. I love watching the behind the scenes of that movie and seeing like how they made the ship that they were all on and how Ooh. it was really crappy materials. But it's because of the lighting and the effects that they use. Like it looks I mean, it really, budget, yeah. it looks really good. But it was a low mm-hmm. budget film. I'll, I'll say mm-hmm. what what kind of kicked off my excitement for uh, horror movies too this year was *Brightburn*. Which uh, oh, yeah. James Gunn produced. It's basically like if Superman came to Earth, but he was evil. Right. Ooh, I haven't it's, seen this. It, yeah. It's not groundbreaking, I would say. Like the concept has kind of been existing in the the ether for a while, but it's it's good. It's solid. I had it. I had fun with it. I had a good time. <laughs> Yeah, but I I would very much like to see, you know, if they ever did a sequel to it, what that would look like, because um, it's kind of teased in the the credits that there might be you know more people in the in the world like the the main character, and I I would just be fascinated to see them build like an evil Justice League. Well, are you watching the boys? I have not watched The Boys yet. Okay. Well, that might quench that okay. thirst then. Well, I'll watch The Boys then. I have not watched this. Yeah. Yeah. I've been told that people are like, oh, it's really good, but you won't like it. I'm like, <laughs> what does that mean? No, I think you would like it, actually. No, I've heard from other people like, oh, it's really good, but you won't like it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's on my list. Okay. Nah. It's on my list, and I really want to really yeah. watch The Boys. I, I'll... So... Speaking of horror movies, though, I did find my new favorite Christmas movie ever. Oh, I can't wait. It's on sci-fi. It's called Letters to Satan Claus. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I need to watch it's based, this. Wait, wasn't that, wasn't that in a super chat yesterday? I, last and night. I was like, he must be misspelling this. I don't understand. Because <laughs> well, I think there was, it said Satan Claus. Yeah, it must have been real. And we were just like, what is this guy talking so about? He was probably. It, it's, it's poised like a Lifetime movie. Okay, I already but like it. <laughs> it just goes bananas. I mean, like this little girl. So the premise of it is this little girl <laughs> writes a, a letter. She thinks she has spelled Santa right. But she misspelt it and writes oh Satan. God. And this is the reason. And, and that's the jumping off point from the movie. And it's great. It is so cheesy and low budget, but just one of the best things I've ever watched. I, <laughs> I couldn't. So, I can turn away from it. I can tell that you're enjoying it. <laughs> like, and uh, and I've I've also discovered this year my, um, I wouldn't say love, but kind of appreciation for the safe space that is like Lifetime and Hallmark movies at Christmas time, where nothing bad can really ever happen. Exactly, exactly. But this movie just takes everything that they do and just 
just okay. Well, I'm putting it. it on my list wow. right now. Yeah. It's on Hulu. I need to watch it's this on now. Hulu. Okay. So. And, okay. I want to know: Is this movie with um? Gosh, what's his name as Colonel Sanders? It's like a Lifetime movie oh brought gosh. to you by KFC. Is it real? <laughs> it is real. Oh, I love that. I a recipe that for too. seduction is what that a, movie is a called. Recipe for seduction. It's 15 minutes long, and it's some of the best television I've ever seen. It is wow. gloriously bizarre. We like Lucy and I got so excited for it that we ordered KFC to oh my eat God. while we watched. And it worked. Wow. And the marketing worked. There Do you, you see? Yeah. It's full circle. This is why they did it. More I wonder I want to see the metric of how many people ordered KFC the week <laughs> that that came out. Is what I want to see. The the Venn diagram of KFC eaters and people who watch Lifetime. Yes. And like meet in the middle, it's the <laughs> recipe for seduction. KFC is like wow. perfect. Now we know how to get to all of you. No, <laughs> yeah. I've been, I'm like way, way, way late to the party and also too old. But I've, I'm on TikTok. Like I'm not creating on TikTok. <laughs> I've, I've thought about it. Um, but like enjoying the videos and stuff. And you just gave me an idea for um, if we fixed one thing in this movie, it would be over in 10 minutes. And it's like, if we just erase the, if we just moved the in on that little girl's letter, it would be the movie's over. Roll credits. <laughs> oh, sweetie, you misspelled that. Let me yeah, fix let me that fix that, that for exactly. you. And credits, <laughs> and then we can just play the end music. Like, there's so many movies where if you just fixed one mistake in the beginning, the mm-hmm. whole mo- like it would not set off the domino, you know, chain of events. Yeah, um, I, I, would I like saw to that, do that same series. thing with a with a Star Wars meme this week, where they're standing looking at the Death Star being built. Darth Vader goes, hey, we should totally blow Tatooine up when this thing is finished. <laughs> I hate that place. And Tarkin and the Emperor are both like, okay, cool. Sounds good. <laughs> and yeah. it's like created and directed by George Lucas. <laughs> right. Or like, let's not build this one. Or what is it? Maybe That's we in the should first put, movie. May, well, I mean, Family Guy did that. Maybe we just like, shouldn't put this tiny little box where if you shoot into it, the whole thing will explode. Can we put like some plywood over the fence? <laughs> like, yeah, but that, that, would look, that would look cheesy. Roll credits. <laughs> We can't do that. We gotta think about resale value. That's why I, I like um, how it should have ended on YouTube. Yeah, so mm-hmm. much too because they take those. It, it's it's not was, the same as Cinema Sins. I mean, Cinema Sins is just. I I take umbrage with those people, but like how it should have ended kind of pokes fun at plot holes, whether they're major or minor. Um, yeah, have a they have a good time. Also, and also, kind of like honest trailers. I do like honest yeah. Trailers. I do yeah. like honest trailers. But yeah. anyway, that so does my idea for... is in no way original. Is what I just learned. <laughs> That's fine. That's I accept. Right. There's no original Nothing's ideas. Original no, nah, never. Yeah. So that does it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And if you are here just because of Chad and Sarah, thanks for what? for being here. I hope you subscribe to the podcast. For those of you who don't know who It's Bourbon Night are, is these guys are. Where can people find you all? We, we are. We are one. We are. We am. We, we is. Am. We is. I think um, therefore we I is. is. We is on YouTube. Yes. At YouTube.com slash Yeah. Um, As you mentioned, top of the show, uh, Whiskey Ambitions. Yes. Right? Yes. Whiskeyambitions.com. That's where you can get my, this is my bourbon drinking uh, glass and our Glen Cairns and rocks glasses and t-shirts and hoodies and what's nuts. And recipes. And now, now blogs. That's right. Some bloggage. Yes. We got bloggage. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash it's bourbon night. Mm-hmm. And we're on Instagram at it's bourbon night. And those are really the main places we react or react. We ch- 
Interact. <laughs> interact. That's the word I was looking for. I was like, uh, oh, brain malfunction. Bourbon and drinkers react. Facebook, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's another good series. I'm going to make all these <laughs> notes in my journal. Um, we have a Facebook. It's not our most regularly checked place. Correct. So, there you go. Yeah. Those are all, them are all the places. Mm-hmm. Well, I am at PRater1492 on all social media channels. You can follow the show itself at MyBourbonPod on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on whatever podcatcher app that you use or the iTunes podcast app specifically uh, is where I pull most of those from. We'll read it out here on the show. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. Aside from our This Is My Bourbon Drinking Glass Glen Cairns, which are available again at whiskeyambitions.com. Uh, you can join our Facebook group, facebook.com, and just search for This Is My Bourbon Group. We ask our questions for our Patreon supporters over there for the pregame chats. Uh, let's see. What else do we do here? Uh, I go live every Thursday night at 8 o'clock on youtube.com slash This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm taking a couple weeks off, though, until the new year. So I guess every week with an asterisk um <laughs> blackout dates apply mostly yeah. yeah for the most part if i'm not inundated with baby stuff you know baby uh, yodas yeah but then its name's grogu okay i was about to say that perry you took the words right out of my mouth i was like um excuse me he has a name and it's grogu so <laughs> and he's adorable okay <laughs> And you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month. And for as little as $5 a month, you get all the bonus content like the pregame chats and coming up again at the beginning. Chad's smoking a pen. It's very distracting. Not a real pen. Not not a vape pen. It's just a regular pen. It's a a writing (laughs) pen. Yes. He likes to imagine. You just smoke a cigar, dude. No, I'm 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 Catherine Hepburn right now, or uh, Audrey Hepburn. Sorry, Breakfast oh. at Tiffany's. Okay, ah, you are, aren't you? No, oh, that's special. That's only that's a a, an, a video it's only. It's a Perry joke. exclusive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> audience of one. Two. But we, jeez, uh, we also have the last call, which is coming back after the first of the year, which is just a really good time. Uh, and it's where Swan and I kind of wrap up this week's uh, content, and it's goofy, and we've, we have a lot of fun with it. And yeah, again, patreon.com slash podcast. That does it for this week's episode. Chad and Sarah, thank you all so much for joining me for only your second appearance in 2020. <laughs> second and <laughs> last, pleasure. I guess. Thanks for having yeah. us. Absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll, do, we'll do more of this in, uh, in 2021, of yes. course. But uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you all so much for listening. I'll see you next week. But until then, I'm Perry, and this is my bourbon podcast. Mm-hmm.